Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Rant Podcast. Your source for the latest on movies, TV shows, and video games. Get ready for ranting, raving, and reviewing. Here is your host, Lee. Thank you, intro guy, and thank you for everyone coming back for another edition of Lights, Camera, Rant. As always, I am your wonderful host, Lee, and welcome back, and for anyone new, you're in for a wild ride. And what we'd like to do on this podcast is that we get into the news first, the big headlines for the past week, and then we get into reviews. There'll be one or two. This particular episode, we're looking at Belfast, as well as the Netflix TV series with Ricky Gervais, Afterlife. But... As always, let's get into the news first because, like, there's been a bit, guys, going on, and, you know, as we're gearing up, it's, ever since the start of the year, it's just been pumping out announcements left, right, and center. It's very hard to keep up. I'm like, oh, shit, it was just so much. Um, But I narrowed down to the big ones for you guys. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, so, first news that we got in the past week was the fact that we got a new small, small trailer for a new Street Fighter, Street Fighter 6. Trailer looks gorgeous, uh, looks like the game. If it's anything going to be like the game, it's going to look fantastic. Street and which has been announced for release date of summer 2022 of this year. And Street Fighter is up to 7 with Tekken as well. And uh, not to the degree of Mortal Kombat goes, but up there with Tekken. And it looks like it's going to be pretty good, and I can't wait to see if we get a full gameplay of this trailer. Um, but gear up, guys, for any Street Fighter fans, because you're in store for this year. Uh, and more other news we got was the rumor that the Call of Duty for this year will be pushed back to 2024, which to me, that is bloody fantastic, as it should be, because you need... As I was saying, I was saying this a couple of weeks ago, is that, that there needs to be a break of Call of Duty. You need to recreate the demand for Call of Duty and that, not longing, but you know that desire that you do want another edition uh, because with everything that's going on with, um, obviously, Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft purchasing them, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone up in the air. And for ages, especially because of the pandemic, uh, what happened with... Call of Duty Vanguard, which was shit. Uh, there's been a big call for Call of Duty to be pushed back and uh, to give it more time for development, which, if these rumors are true, that is fantastic, and I completely support this. They need to give it more of a breather uh, because of the fact that it's you don't want another Vanguard. You need to rebuild that faith in the game and really make that, like, here's a new Call of Duty. <gasps> oh, my God, that's fantastic. No... Oh, look, it's another Call of Duty. Yeah, 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 I'll pick it up. Yep, new stuff, new stuff, cool. Let's get into that. Um, as well as, I'm still pretty sure that uh, Warzone is still making bank, so they've got no short of coin. Uh, however, the little, I didn't even know this until um, I was looking more deeper into it. It will actually break uh, an 18-year streak from Activision for making uh, Call of Duty games since 2005. Oh, holy crap. That's a big streak, but it's not a streak that's um, it's been broken because of the fact that it's just completely going downgrade. I think with COVID, it has made a lot of things or errors come to light uh, in multiple different aspects um, of different levels of business. 
and video games have obviously suffered from that as well. And Call of Duty is no cure, uh, has not missed all that, as we saw with Vanguard. So, but I understand that they will still pump out some new content as well to bide you over. But Call of Duty is looking to be 2024, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in other news, as our this episode gets released, is it's been announced the fact that all Marvel Netflix shows have left Netflix and will be on Disney Plus for March. Uh, which is going to be very interesting to see what's that going to entail. Like, is this just placing on Disney Plus to have the whole collection? Or does this have another motive, the fact that here's all the collection and the fact that you got to gear up because the fact they're going to announce another season of Daredevil or more stuff will happen. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, big recommendations, obviously. Jessica Jones, uh, season one, two. I haven't watched season three. Um, definitely also gear up for The Punisher Season 1. I didn't finish Season 2, but Punisher Season 1 is fantastic. And obviously the whole standard barrier across the board is Daredevil Season 1, 2, and 3. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Actually, all sorry, all the seasons of Daredevil are fantastic. Um, so you definitely need to put that on your radar to watch. For any Disney Plus fans, better than if you go to Disney Plus, you can have Netflix. Either way. <laughs> um, still sticking with the Marvel Circle. Uh, which is real, which is really positive. Don't know if this is because of Doctor Strange too. Let's keep that in mind. Um, Ryan Reynolds has announced the fact that uh, news of Deadpool three will be coming sooner than we expect, which is fantastic news, and I can't wait. I have this whole massive theory: the fact that what's actually going to happen is that he will be in Doctor Strange two. Um, however, the reason he gets into the MCU is because either he starts portal jumping after Doctor Strange goes through one, or he gets one of those sling rings, he picks it up and goes, oh, I'm going to go through here, goes through and he plops into the MCU and he can't get back, because obviously whatever's going to happen is going to cancel all the portals off to every multiverse. But the interesting thing is, that's my whole theory, is how he's going to be in the MCU and how he's still going to have all the knowledge from... Um, Deadpool 1, 2, because this obviously will be continuation, because uh, this will be Deadpool 3. Um, but I do know the fact, you know, as you can see, I've written is that Brian Reynolds, Kevin Feige are both chopping at the bit to let Deadpool be in the MCU, uh, which to me, Deadpool 3 being the first mutant into the MCU, I think is a fantastic launching point. Um, because the fact that he really, you know, he deserves to have a Deadpool 3 and the type of character Deadpool is and how meta he is and the fact that um, he'd be really good addition into the MCU um, and a good launching point to start off with. Um, but obviously with the other characters, instead of going, hey, here's X-Men First Class 2, um, 2.0. Uh, still considering with Marvel and speaking of Doctor Strange, which I didn't know this either, and until someone pointed out, is that Doctor Strange 1 and 2 is actually the longest gap between Marvel sequels of a particular trilogy, uh, which will be the gap between Doctor Strange 1 and Doctor Strange 2 is 5 years and 125 days, because Doctor Strange 2 came out in 2016. Now look, you can be completely be excused on why there's been such a long gap, because... I don't know, there could have been like some kind of Infinity War or Endgame that kind of happened in between, that kind of took precedence, you know. So, and obviously, oh, and obviously most of all, this memory has been delayed 
as well. So that's why that is the biggest gap. And to me, I was talking to a bloke the other day, he had not seen Doctor Strange, and he's not really big on the Marvel movies, and he said to me, oh, what do you recommend? And I said, oh, look, because um, he was like, because he obviously heard the fact that Doctor Strange 2 is coming out, he's like, sure, I watched the first one, I haven't seen it. And I said, I was like, no, definitely go watch Doctor Strange, because the fact it's a very self-contained story, and just as a movie standpoint, it is very visually stunning, and holds that bar above nearly all the Marvel movies at this stage. Um, it's right up there as one of the most visually, you know, Scott Derrickson and Kevin, or, sorry, Bennett came out, did a fantastic job on that first movie, uh, which is why there's so much hype, not only because of all the cameo city that could be happening, but because of the nature of Doctor Strange and how out of world this is going to be because of what he can do compared to, you know, Hawkeye and compared to. You know, Spider-Man, Daredevil, you know, stuff like that. Well, actually, no, Spider-Man, no home, I guess, kind of beat that whole point I just mentioned. So, and small characters, ground-level characters. Um, and the fact that, you know, this is leading into straight with Loki and Wanda as well. It's just going to blow your freaking mind. I'm so excited. But, uh, yeah, definitely, if you haven't watched Doctor Strange and you're not a big Marvel person, that's fine. But I would... Even if you don't watch any other Marvel movies and you're just looking for just a visually stunning superhero movie that you don't, it's not connected to a whole lot of things, I'd still highly recommend it. Uh, moving on, we've also got the fact that uh, can't, I couldn't believe this when I read it. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you bloody hell? So, yeah, yep, yeah, for any 90s kids, uh, obviously myself, is that they're going to be at Paramount Studios. They're going to be developing a Beyblade movie. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a Beyblade movie. Let it rip! So for anyone who doesn't know what Beyblades are, it's the same thing with like Tarzos. Um, well, you know, back in the day, you pack a chips and you used to get a Beyblade and then they used to fight each other. Then there was a cartoon where like monsters would slowly come out when they were versing each other. And But yeah, you used to have like the... Uh, you used to have the toy of like the dome that you could let it rip and that they would you know go start spinning and try and fight each other and you could customize it look if anyone if you do have a second go look it up and you'll be completely surprised the fact that they're making this movie and it just goes to show that uh, almost they're running out of you know movie companies are running out of ideas to make movies like they're not going with original content ideas how about you go make a full fledged you know, really dedicated Dragon Ball Z movie. That would be nice. Uh, or a Digimon movie. Or if you make a sequel to De- Detective Pikachu. You know, any of this, you know, I, I keep telling my mates, I'm like, I should be uh, in the movie industry for like, moving like for Warner Brothers. Actually, no, if I was working for Warner Brothers, I'd be like, just give me the DC universe because the fact that you do nothing and you're you're ruining it and you're all hopeless, and you're all a bunch of kiss asses and know nothing. Um, in uh, for Disney and Marvel, there's, there's there's nothing I could do. There's nothing I can add to Kevin Feige. The man is simply a god, and I will follow that man to the ends of the earth. Um, but you know, for like Paramount, anything else, like let me be up there. I'll tell you what to make, what to invest in, and if you want to go to a billion dollars, hire me right now. Uh, put my resume out there. I'm fantastic. And if you want to make money, I am right here. Uh, but yes, they are making a Beyblade movie in development with Jerry Bruckheimer. I'm like, really? Like Jerry Bruckheimer? Like he he did like um, 
and he does action movies. So surprised the fact that he is going bored to be into this movie. But hey, look, can't be the judge just yet until we see a trailer, um, which I'll probably be like, oh my god, or I'll be like, this looks effing terrible. But we'll find out, won't we? No release date, just been announced the fact it's in development, so you know, it could be a very about three years off um, from when it will come out. Uh, also, that we got a little bit... Now, this was interesting. Now, I do... Now, I don't know what's with this day and age with things being dug up or, you know, bad things come up from years and years ago. So, apparently, uh, Vanity, Vanity Fair has announced the fact that Cheryl Theron uh, did a whole talk on the fact that uh, she felt very unsafe on site and very working on, walking on thin ice with... Um, Tom Hardy on there working on Mad Max and said the fact, you know, they had a little bit of fight, a little bit of tiff, and then he had a mediator as well. Um, I was like, I, I, when I read it, I'm like, okay, this is the news, but why? Mad Max came out years ago. There was, you know, why are you bringing up this now? You know, like, are you trying to be like, I need to tell my old health story of how old horror was it? Like, why don't you bring this up like a year after the movie came out? Like, you know, don't dwell on it don't bring up dirt for so many layers just because you feel like saying it you know like it's like what i don't understand why you bring it up now and you know obviously the media is obviously going straight into this and looking at this and the fact that you know the bad light of oh anything that comes into this but yeah apparently they did not like each other on set and it was very intense but you heard nothing you heard nothing when the movie got released but, um, look, I just hope the fact that whatever animosity between Charlize Theron and Tom Hattie, that's all simmered down and, you know, they're still in a working colleague kind of way because, you know, I understand these movies can be, you know, very intense to make, the schedule, everything, um, but it's your craft. It's, you know, it's a, not just a job, but, like, you know, there's a level of um, how you should conduct yourself, you know, on set, which... Anything, you know, we've seen how Christian Bale... Christian Bale was on set with Terminator Salvation. Definitely go check it out. Definitely go check out the uh, Family Guy version as well. And obviously how Tom Cruise was on set as well with his COVID thing a few months ago. So, look, each to their own, each to their own. But, yeah, that's apparently they really, really did not like each other at all. Um, also, I want to do a little tidbit with the fact that definitely go check out uh, Mark My Words. He's done a video review of... Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Forbidden West, definitely go check that out for him. Um, he's doing fantastic. L- love the review. The game's not my my cup of tea, um, but it's doing it's doing fantastic. Reviews are quite solid, but there's a couple of little bugs to it. But definitely go check it out. Um, I'm currently still playing uh, Evil Genius 2. I'm um, still trying to clock that in, in the... Everything else trying to do in my life, <laughs> uh, but from Doctor Strange, sorry, Doctor Strange, uh, e- Evil Genius Two, I'll be working my way onto the new Jurassic Park game because I'm a big Jurassic Park fan and big city building um, aspect. So that is my next schedule. So I will have later on a Jurassic Park review at some point. Um, I do hope to bring to you guys. Uh, but yeah, definitely check my, my my words. Man's doing a great job. You need to follow him if you haven't already. You know, he's you know, uh, he's almost my running mate. Like, me and him, uh, we're just trying to do our very best to bring you guys the content 
and create that community and talk about all the stuff and find like more people. Um, I do like seeing the comments when someone that does agree with me on certain things. I do like comments when people disagree because it creates a, a conversation like, why didn't you like this? Why didn't you like that? Um, however, when I see anyone diss the Dark Knight trilogy, I'm like, mm, delete. Now, nah. uh, you can't speak anything about that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's very interesting to see, you know, just the different side of things, and especially with Uncharted. Uh, that was interesting as well to see people's different perspectives on that as well. Also, speaking as well as definitely things to go check out, uh, this past week I had a bonus episode of the Missing DCEU Films. Definitely go check that out because of what we do, well, I did, sorry. Uh, we I looked at the entire of the DCEU slate and I categorize all the movies that we were meant to get that were not just this is rumored to be in development, it was announced that we will be getting it. And Warner Brothers lied to us because they can't get their shit together. Uh, and we got the DCEU right now. But look, don't, definitely check the bio, definitely go check that out. Um, but let me know what you thought, especially on the DC ones, is how many of those movies did you actually want to see? So, that's all the news for I got you for right now. So let's get into two reviews. So, these next two films, sorry, film and TV show, were recommended to go see with my old man. Uh, we've not been my first pick. Uh, Afterlife, he's been bugging me ages to watch it. And he wanted to go see Belfast because Belfast came out as well. Um, and he wanted to go see it, so I said, oh, I'll go definitely see it with you. Now, Belfast um, was, is definitely not my type of movie to go see. Uh, so what it's based on, so uh, Kenneth Brenner is the director of this movie, and it's about a family in set in 1969, Northern Ireland, uh, when all the riots were going on with the uh, presidents versus the Catholics, and there was riots in the streets, and not a very positive time at all to be living in Ireland. Um, and Kenneth Brown, this is actually based on his um, his experience as a child. So it's a very personal story that he has written for this movie. And what it is it's from basically from a obviously it's about a whole family, but the perspective is just from this little kid who's experiencing all this for the first time and just seeing what you know with his family, his dad's away for work and everything that's going on. And Look, it's a very, when you do watch it, it's a very surreal kind of thing that that's what life was at that time. That, you know, your neighbors at any point could, you know, come riding down the street, wanting to attack, you know, you know, blow up a car, smash a window, riot. It could be your friend, it could be your neighbor, it could be the guy that you work with. Like, that's such a unsettling feeling that, that uh, you know, that some people, you know, Obviously, myself and you know in Australia, that you don't have that feeling. Uh, obviously, depending on where you live, um, and just the fact that you know we're having experienced something like that similar. You know, I'm talking like just the guy across the road or the guy just next to you. You know, could at any point just be like, no, you know, you're this, you're that. I don't like it. I'm gonna, you know, you need to stand together, be together. But this movie really conveys that, and you do really feel for them. So this movie is also black and white. So it starts off in color, showing you Ireland, and, and then when it gets into the story, it goes black and white, which is done very, very good. And visually, you know, obviously with black and white, it can, you know, sometimes it can look really good, but the lighting and everything, how he shot this has done very well. But the at the very start, 
all the, the kid's doing is he's just running down the street. He's just having a lot of fun. And I think this is one of the best uh, directing points, or oh, sorry, of camera angles that we did see in the movie, was that the kid's just playing down the street and suddenly he hears all this noise. He's staying in the middle. There's people either side. And he's just standing And then all these riders come. And all these riders are coming. They're throwing more of cocktails. They're yelling out. But the interesting thing is that he's staying there and as the crowds are, you know, everything's going on, people are panicking, the camera does a full 360 of this kid and you see that on his face, just like, oh my God, what is happening? But everyone's freaking out and everything, they're getting closer, they're, they're marching one by one and lucky enough, the mum saves him before it gets too, too good. But the interesting thing is you just see that 360 of his just expression, what's going on, it doesn't cut angle, it's one shot and it's really good to see. So the cast have done, the cast you know, did very well, the kids done very well, the family, the grandparents, um, all the casting is on point and great performances. And every time I see a kid actor, I'm like, God, I wish I could act like a goo at your age. Like, like your career is right ahead of you. As well as with, um, I forgot her name. Oh my God. I, I just saw it. Before. I just saw it just earlier. I, uh, Daphne. Daphne Keene. Uh, sorry, not Daphne Keene. Uh, Daphne um, from Logan. She did a fantastic as X-23. And I really wish the fact that she was getting her own movie because she'd do fantastic. If you haven't gone and seen Logan, go watch it. Even if you're not a comic fan, it is a great tale. But back to the movie. So this kid did really well in this scene. And the movie does it very well in conveying at the time, the intensity, the uncertainty, and as a family, um, what it's all like. And obviously as the, as the movie progresses, the dad gets an offer, the fact that he can uh, has a new house, a new work opportunity in London. And the, the conflict is the fact that um, the mum wants to stay because they know their friends, they know the family, you know, everybody knows you walk when you walk down the street, you've got so much to play, but when you go somewhere new, people might not like you or you won't have that room, which is the same thing when you do move anywhere, you know, depending where or distance, especially if you move to a different country. But in that time, in that time, it was hard because of the fact that you don't know, you can't trust your neighbor. You know, you can't trust who you go to work with. That's a, I can imagine, uh, I can't imagine, but that's a very intense feeling. So Cadbury did a very good job with this movie. It's a very touching tale and a very surreal tale and everything that's going on. And you can tell the fact that he's done a very personal thing into this story. And it's also been nominated for Best Picture. It has won a couple of awards. And I fully agree the fact that if this won Best Picture, I'd be like 100% is well deserved. Not like don't look up. That does not deserve to be in contending for the Best Picture. But this movie does really good. So if you like... Uh, history pieces, if you like to see, you know, obviously there's something a little more down to earth, more that real factor, obviously not comic book, not superhero, uh, nothing like not horror, now, this does a really good job, and you, you feel for the kid and the family all the way through, and obviously, spoiler alerts, you know, the family does eventually move, and they do sell a new life, but the struggle leading up to it is conveyed very well, and the supporting cast do a fantastic job. So I definitely recommend it. It is up on their Lights Camera Rant. Definitely go check if you would like a different uh, movie and a little bit more of a history. And just to see how things were back in there. Because you don't... Like, you can read about them. 
You can read about it, but when you see photos, videos, and movies, you're just like, oh my god, I, I can't imagine that. I'm like, I like, like that's such a surreal thing. Like, if you had to do that to your family, and like, yeah, you know, we have it so good. So definitely recommend it. Moving on to the next. So Afterlife. So my old man loves the show. He's been telling me to watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. And I said to him, now look, after Peacemaker finished and after, oh, the man, not the Mandalorian. (laughs) There you go, the Mandalorian. Not the Book of Boba Fett, but the Mandalorian. Uh, After the Book of Boba Fett was finished, I said to him, look, I'll definitely go watch it. I'll watch the first couple episodes and see how you go because they only go for 30 minutes each. And it's not, and each season's about ten episode, oh, about uh, nine episodes long because there's eighteen episodes. Oh, yeah, sorry, it's about seven episodes long because there's, there's only eighteen episodes, three seasons. And so I thought, oh, I'll do watch this. And this is uh, directed, uh, directed, created, written, starring Ricky Ricky Gervais. And it's on Netflix, it's streaming it right at the moment, and season three, the last season, came out in January this year. So what it's about is that his character's name's Tony, and what he's dealing with uh, is that his wife's passed away because of breast cancer. Um, and what he's got, her, he's taken lots of videos of her during their marriage, as well, all the way towards the very end. And what he's doing is that he's watching these videos and he's struggling the fact that he doesn't want to live. He doesn't want to keep going um, because of the fact his wife isn't there, the love of his life, and everything around him is just shit because he works at a newspaper, a local newspaper, um, and he gets to come and go when he wants because his brother-in-law... Um, runs it, uh, which was you know, his wife's his wife's brother, um, and he's just he's just really hating hating life, and he doesn't care who he upsets or what he does. Now, in perfect Ricky Gervais style, and this so uh, the interesting thing is, I actually I watched the first two episodes, and I really got into it, and I really really got into it, and I watched the entire se- three scenes, and I and I smashed it out. Now the um, now the interesting thing about the show is the fact that at one moment you're laughing, two seconds later you're feeling it. You know, it's really sad. It's a very sad moment because he, he, he wants to commit suicide. He doesn't want to go on. He doesn't believe life's worth going on. Um, and the only reason what you find out is the fact that he's got a pet dog and he doesn't. the only reason he's staying alive is because of his dog, uh, which is, you know, really set off well no so it's good that he's staying alive for his dog but you know there are a couple of moments where he does look like taking his life um so it's very real it's very confronting at that point the fact that he doesn't want to commit suicide he does come very close a couple of times in the show but the fact that he's uh brother-in-law matt are real is really trying to show him that there is a life after there is an afterlife after his wife passes away um, and as the episode goes on, is a lot of spoilers alert. Spoilers, and as as it's all going on, the fact that he's he get, you know he tries going on a date, goes horribly. Uh, he tries and does the right thing um, by everyone else around him, but he you know, at the very start he's he's very emotionally crippled by the whole thing, and you feel for him because you do look at him and go you know a person that you love so much, the person you married, you know, you had, you know, this is everything you want to do, um, and the fact that, you know, they're the whole world, and then they're suddenly gone, like, what's, 
you know, the whole message of the thing is what's the point of going on? You know, he, if he didn't have the dog, he probably most likely would have killed himself and he would have been happy. And Ricky Gervais does a fantastic job uh, acting-wise on conveying all the emotions, how he's feeling, how he really doesn't care who he offends or anything like that because he's like, what's the, what's the point? You know, what's the, you know, he, he was happy like, if I get hit tomorrow, done. All right, I'll be with his wife, Lisa. Uh, so every episode does, uh, majority of episodes does open with him looking at different videos and reflecting on his past, um, as well as seeing his dad in an old folks home, which unfortunately has uh, Alzheimer's. So he goes in and every time, to make it worse, every time he goes to see him, he's like, oh, where's Lisa? And he's like, my God, F me. Um, it's, so it's really, it's really funny, but it's a very surreal show and it does make you feel a lot uh, because of the different scenes that you do see so but the interesting thing is like I found myself pissing myself laughing and I found myself really really sad hugging my partner and hugging my dog going uh you guys please never leave me ever and my dog's looking at me going get off me what is wrong with you I want to be fed um, he's actually currently looking at me right now going, I know you're talking about me. I'm like, yes, yes, I am, Parker. <laughs> um, but anyway, you do, you know, this, this show does very well. It's definitely full of laughs, but it's definitely a real, you know, punch in the guts to you. Um, if obviously, if you do have a dog and obviously if you're married and a partner, but it is, it's episodes only go for 30 minutes or so. Uh, so you can definitely binge watch, you know, binge it if you do want, um, but uh, it is very worth it. Uh, my old man's, I think he's, he's on his third run through. He can't stop laughing at it. And I found myself pissing myself as well. And then the next next episode was really sad. But Ricky Gervais has done very good on this. And all the supporting cast is fantastic. Um, like there is, oh, what's his name? Um, Brian, played by David Earle who's constantly going on about how his wife left him for another man and all these jokes are really bad because he can't get over it. He's like, uh, he can't get over it and he's just, he can't put a good joke. He just wants to be friendly and he's become harder. Like he's fully broken. And you can tell he's just broken because his wife's left him for another man in this small little town. Um, but as the series progresses, uh, he definitely, Ricky Joves, his character... Uh, definitely gets out of his shell. He starts helping everyone around him more because each person helps him. He also goes and visits his wife, his dead wife's grave very often. And what he does, he meets uh, a lady there um, who, uh, her name's Anne, and her gra- her husband's grave's right next to his wife. And they sit down and she gives him kind of levity about everything going on and what she's going through. She's a lot older, but just the fact that she helps him as well. So everyone really helps him along the way. But his brother-in-law, Matt, is the one who's trying to do the most to help him because he wants to be out of the funk. He doesn't want him to go away because, in fact, you know, Lisa wouldn't have wanted this. And it gets, you know, overall, overall, fantastic show. Won't spoil it overly too much. I definitely recommend it. Coming on point, acting on point, great British uh, drama and, well, comedy as well, but just go to keep in mind the fact that it does, at one point, you will be laughing, next point, you most likely will be sad or crying, it's a great show, and if you're looking for something different, um, and if you are, do you like Ricky Gervais's uh, comedy, 
And if you're looking for something a little bit more real, I highly recommend it. You know, and you know, it's fairly different to, you know, obviously what I've been watching lately with Peacemaker and the Book of Boba Fett. Um, sorry, the Book of Mandalorian. <laughs> it's it, you know, it's very, it's very different. Definitely, always the complete other spectrum of the entire uh, TV show. And it was very for me. I found it very refreshing to watch and just. Yeah, obviously, see something a little different. Uh, no, no, with all the special effects. But don't get me wrong; like I still felt for Peacemaker. John Cena did a great job, and there are scenes in there where you just feel for him, you know. But this show hits a little bit differently. It is funny as all hell, and yeah, everyone who appears on it does a fantastic job. It only goes for three seasons, and the ending, the ending was gut wrenching. I had to, you know, no, he doesn't die. Spoiler: he doesn't die, but. Just the way it happens, it does leave you with a giant question mark of what's going to happen next. And I find myself Googling going, I need answers right now. <laughs> but, you know, this show did very well. Six episodes per season. This started in 2019. Um, and, you know, it has won awards as well. And yeah, so if you're looking for something a little bit more real, if you're looking for something real, you know, just with that different aspect, but you want to laugh, I highly recommend it. I loved it point to point. And look, if my old man's listening, you were right, all right? I loved it. I should have listened to you straight away. Uh, same thing when Mark was recommending Invincible and The Boys. I really should take these recommendations straight on. Um, however, I... I did watch um, Don't Look Up, and I'm like, wow, that was that was poorly. That was a terrible movie. Um, but then again, that wasn't a recommendation. I just saw it because I wanted to see what this was all about. But basically, I need to take these recommendations on, and I need to watch them a lot sooner. However, then again, if I watch it sooner, at least all three seasons are out right now. So, yeah, Belfast, you want a real history, and you know, down, obviously down to earth, and some great uh, directing techniques, recommended. Best picture candidate, my vote. And if you're looking for something uh, very serious, but at the same time you want to laugh, I recommend Afterlife. Both fantastic. And yeah, guys, so tell me, have you watched Belfast? Have you watched Afterlife before? Did you like it? Were you, did you sad? Did you cry? Which one in between? Please definitely let me know in the comments. And yeah, de- guys, let me know what you think. You know, would you, are these shows you definitely going to watch? Or look, Lee, uh, just go back to you know, superhero genre and stuff like that. Like you can, like that's why I'm here to party. Uh, sorry, that's why I'm here to listen. Um, but if you're if you're partying too, listening to this, uh, fantastic. Um, you can do an overlay of techno music. I don't really have the voice for anything like that. But uh, if you are good for you, uh, please don't send me it. <laughs> but yeah, just let me know in the comments, guys. Did you guys enjoy these things? Have you watched them? Um, and yeah. What is like your best, uh, what do you think should be best picture of last year? And look guys, thank you very much for joining me this episode. Definitely tune in for next week because this week I'll be seeing the Batman. And you, if you've been listening to most episodes, you'll know how I feel. And I'm going to give you my full review on this. And I can't wait to see it and what it's going to be like. And until next time guys, happy ranting. Thanks for listening to Lights, Camera, Rant. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review, and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, happy ranting.